Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Benitez, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Andrea. Say what's up to the peeps. And uh, today, we are super excited. This is episode number five. Five. The number of grace. uh, Coincidentally, grace not works, discovering the true meaning of grace. And... Today is going to be probably one of my favorite episodes in this specific series. Same. Because today we're talking about great. I mean, what else is there to talk about? We're talking about grace. Because we must understand that everything revolves around the Son of God. Now, if you look into the book of Revelation, the seventh church, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was knocking. He was outside of the church and knocking. Mm. So that means he wasn't in the church. So when we, when we when we talk about the Bible, when we preach, when we uh, get on the pulpit or do anything for the Lord, we have to realize that everything revolves around the Son of God, yeah. Jesus Christ. Because I've come to understand that people are, don't have a problem with talking about God or you know God in general, some vague entity. But the issue is when you bring up the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is, the, the Bible says that his name is exalted above every other name. And we say that as a religious cliche. And, and I've, I've heard it, you know, I didn't grow up in the church. I was going to say growing up in the church. But I didn't grow up in the church. But we have to really understand, this is something that the Lord like really impressed upon me, that everything must revolve around Jesus. Yes. He is the answer to your issue. He is the answer to everything really in your life. Not a five-step rule. And we're going to get more into that probably in the next couple episodes. But I really want to just begin begin this episode with this, that he is the answer to everything. He is, the Bible says he is the great I am. I am your healing. I am your provider. I am your good shepherd. I am your protection. I am your peace. Mm -hmm. I am your wholeness. I am everything. So when we talk about grace, you have to understand that the Bible says that the law was given by Moses in John chapter 1, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And it goes on to tell us that of his fullness or out of his abundance, we have received grace upon grace. So uh, grace is not some topic in seminary school or seminary school or Bible college. Grace is a person. The Bible calls the throne of God the throne of grace, not the throne of behavior modification, not the throne of revival, not the throne of works, not the throne of judgment, not the throne of I believe I receive, not the throne of miracle signs and wonders. The Bible says it is the throne of grace. Because who sits on that throne? Jesus. Jesus. So grace and Jesus are one. Yes. He is full of grace. So we're talking about grace. And uh, this is something that is going to, you're really going to, if you have ears to hear, mm-hmm. you will understand. Because yes. this, what I'm about to say must come by revelation. Because that's how you should receive everything. In the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, revelation or light is what is what rules. When you receive it by revelation, 
That is when you attain it. So we're talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul's thorn in his flesh. Anthony, I thought we were talking about grace, not healing. Well, I'm, I'm going to get to it. But I really want to uh, lay this foundation down. We must understand Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And we've read it. If you've been in church, any any type of like longevity, you've heard it before. I would hope so. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We say that and we think that is talking about us being like the world and how we talk and how we dress. That's for a whole other teaching. I'm not going to get into that. But the renewing of your of our minds there is talking about changing the way that we think. Right. You see, the kingdom of God is right side up, mm-hmm. but the world is upside down. I would say that again. The kingdom of God is right side up, but the world, the world's principles, the world's thinking patterns is upside down. In fact, the Pharisees said in the book of Acts that these men have come, these men have turned the world upside down and they have come to us. But the apostles weren't turning the world upside down. They were, they were actually putting the world right side up. It's just the world because of the fall is literally upside down. It's the opposite. So when we talk about Paul's thorn in his flesh, I'm talking about specifically in this context how that grace which we which we have established according to Romans 11 verse 6. If it's by grace, then it's no longer works. If it's by works, there's no more grace. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's either works or grace. They cannot be mixed together. Like oil and water, they do not mix. Mm-hmm. Grace is God's undeserved, unworked for, unearned, unmerited mm-hmm. favor. So when we talk about grace... This is going to sound like a paradigm shift to a lot of people, and and I hope it is. But grace does not flow in your strengths. Mm -hmm. Grace flows in your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Grace flows abundantly where you are weak. Mm -hmm. In fact, probably one of my favorite scriptures as of right now is in the book of Romans, where it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound, <laughs> which if you if you say, if you listen to what the scripture says, not what I say, but what the scripture says, the Bible says that the law, the Old Testament law entered so that sin may abound. And in another in Second Corinthians or first or second Corinthians, the Bible says the law was given that sin may become exceedingly sinful and we talked about this in one of the episodes that the law was given so that the sin in you would activate Mm -hmm. and dominate you to a point where it brought you to death of yourself because ultimately the law was given not to make a man righteous the law was given to break the deception Mm -hmm. that we can do anything without god The law was given to show us our depravity, how weak, sinful, and corrupt we are. And that takes humility because not a lot of people can say, you know what, like there's nothing good in me. But Paul said that by the Spirit of God. He said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. 
So when you recognize that, that that was the main purpose of the law. So let's read, let's read on. The Bible says, and where sin, but where sin increased, grace superabounded. Where sin increases. Where? Where is a location? Where sin increased. Grace in that same location superabounds. We might take this in two parts because there's so much to it. But let's begin to really dive into this. So Paul's thorn in his flesh. So I'm, I'm unveiling by the scripture, by the spirit of God, that grace, the power, which is the power of God, it flows in your weaknesses, not in your strengths. Mm. That's why Paul, and we're going to read it, but Paul says, most gladly I rejoice in my infirmities, in my weaknesses, in my reproaches, in persecutions. And this is like, this, this to me was a 180. Because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. For me, the where sin increased, grace superabounds. Mm. The location where sin increased, for me, was par primarily in my mind. Mm. For those of you that have heard my testimony or know me, that is, that is the main weakness that I have. And I never used to say that. I would almost hide it because I was taught by word of faith, by any type of churches, that, no, you have to be strong. But am I strong in my flesh? Or what am I strong in? Am I strong in the Lord? Or am I strong in, of in my own self-effort? Because if I'm trying to be strong in my self-effort, by default, that's what the Bible calls the law. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that the law works God's wrath. The Bible says that those who are of the works of the law, those who are trying to do it by their own self-effort, come under the curse. We talk about generational curses in churches and trying to break generational curses, but there's only two curses mentioned in the New Testament. The first curse is what we just talked about, that when you try to do it on your own, that's what, that, is, that is, in essence, the law. The law is you trying to do it on your own. You trying to exert any type of self-effort when you do that, the Bible says that's what the Bible calls the works of the law. And in Galatians, it says they them that are of the works of the law. It did not say them that break the law. It says them that are of the works of the law. In other words, those those people who are trying to do it in their own strength are under the curse of the law. Look it up. It's in Galatians, not you, sir. Just a listener because <laughs> Dre is in the studio. That's the first number, that's, the, that's the number one curse in the New Testament. The second curse in the New Testament is talking about anyone who preaches any other gospel than the gospel of grace. The Bible calls him a pervert. What? It says them that pervert the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. Any other gospel than God's unearned, unmerited favor and righteousness by faith, not works, is a perversion of the gospel of Christ. Look it up for yourself, people. It's in, it's in the book of Galatians chapter 1. Paul pronounces a double curse. Double, I, can't, I, I don't know how to say it in Greek, but a, a double curse to anyone who preaches any other gospel than the gospel of God's grace. And here we're talking about, un, we're talking about getting a curse by, by not tithing or generational curses. That's not what the Bible says. You know, it's time for us to really... It's time for us to really begin to like be a student of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. 
Like it's it, it's it's time for us, and I'm super encouraged that you listener, you're listening because I can tell for a fact that you're a student of the of the Bible, and the Bible says, "Blessed are them who who seek after righteousness, who who begin to learn." Not, it doesn't say who do things to become righteous. That what that is saying is that blessed are you who are learning about righteousness by faith, who are learning about God's grace and stand firm in that truth. Blessed are your ears for they hear. Blessed are your eyes for they see. So I want to encourage you. You're doing an amazing job. But if you would, like, if, I, if I'm talking to you, listener, just one-on-one on the dinner table, I would say, like, you know, the majority of the church, we need to wake up and become a student of the scriptures. We need to love the word of God and when you learn about the love and the grace of God, that is when you begin to see God for his true character, his true nature. And as you behold him, not as you behold the law, not as you behold sin, as you behold Christ, you are transformed into that same image. So we're talking about God's grace, how it flows in, in, in our weakness. And Paul was sent a messenger of Satan. So let's read it here. Second Corinthians chapter 12 says, uh, verse 8 says this, For this thing, actually let's read it right above it, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure, why? Through the abundance of revelations. So that tells us what the kingdom of darkness is afraid of, light. It, read verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says, unless that I should be exalted above measure. Why? Because of the miracles that I work? No. Because of the revival meetings that I hold? No. Because of the songs that I sing? No. Because of the healing conferences that I hold? No. Now, don't get me wrong. All these things are good. But I want to show you what the scripture says. Why was Paul given this thorn in his flesh? Why? Because he performed a lot of miracles, he did. Because he held a lot of means, he did. But that's not why this thorn, the messenger of Satan, was sent to him. The, this, the reason why, we have to understand this, the reason why this thorn in his flesh was given to Paul was because of the abundance of revelations. Which shows you that that is the that is, that is the kryptonite mm -hmm. to darkness, is revelation. It's light. I understand. Yeah, so you as the, that, that's why it's no wonder that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So let's continue reading. This is getting good. Because of the abundance of revelation, this thorn, so uh, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Not, this is not sickness. This is not sent from God. It tells us right away where it says that. And there's, all, and there's also a biblical way to interpret things. Let the Bible interpret the Bible. In the Old Testament, there was two instances in the Old Testament where it caused people, a group of people, thorn in their flesh, thorn to their sides, a group of people that would come against them. But the Bible literally tells us what it is. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. So Paul, lest I should be exalted above measure. So this tells us, there's so much to it, but this tells us that revelation is the kryptonite to the kingdom of darkness, 
That, that is why this messenger of Satan was sent to Paul because, and also tells us that a man who has an abundance of revelation will be exalted by God himself no matter what. So what the, what the devil was trying to do, because Paul was overflowing with revelation and grace out of his life, that he needed to try to buff it to hinder this power flowing not again he's talking about revelation so he was the enemy is afraid of revelation so he he sent a messenger of satan to buffet him how did this happen we, we see it everywhere paul went this demonic spirit was stirring up the religious people carnal people to murmur he to come against paul to create a freaking mob wherever he went paul everywhere paul went there was this i was reading everywhere paul went there was this, there was a freaking mob right. of people that would just come after him mm -hmm. but we have to understand that people are influenced by something mm -hmm. so these people hated paul but they did not know that they were being influenced by a demonic spirit sent from the devil to buffet paul mm -hmm. Because of the abundance of revelation that he had. Because a man with abundance of revelation is bound to be exalted by God. So let's continue reading. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart me. And he said unto me, listen to this, my grace is sufficient. Another translation says, my grace is most effective for you. For my strength. There we go. My grace and my strength are interchangeable. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in, weak, in your weakness. Paul then goes on to say by the Spirit of God, Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That This is telling us that the grace of God is the strength of God, it is the power of Christ. Grace is the power of Christ. Verse 10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in weaknesses, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Not for being a douche, but for Christ's sake. This is this, for when I am weak, then am I strong. So I want to park it there. I want to give you a couple examples. And then I want to, and then I'll, I'll get something practical. So just stay tuned. Something practical that'll really help you, because I'm telling this is this really has delivered me, and I'm telling you, if you would be able to understand, and I and I know for a fact that the Holy Spirit's quickening this truth to you, because He bears witness of the truth. So just be encouraged. Open up your heart. So what Paul is saying is that when I am weak, then am I strong? Where sin increases, where the location. Where sin increases, grace superabounds. So if you have a, a challenge, like for me, my challenge, my weakness is in my mind. So what I do is I actually rejoice when I feel weak in my mind, when I feel like I can't control my thoughts. And instead of, because what I used to do before, when I would feel that fear and my thoughts start to just scramble, I would try to attain peace, I would, tr listen to the word, I would try to remain calm. And the more that I would try to remain calm, the more fear and chaos came upon me until I finally gave up. And I saw 
that by me trying to do it, I was frustrating the grace of God. And instead, I saw this and I rejoiced and I, re and, I, and I began to receive, instead of trying to, trying to remain peace, I said, Lord, and this takes humility, this is my weak, this is my weakness. I can't, even if I tried, I can't stay at peace. I can't do this. I, 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 I have no strength in me. And I receive super abundant grace in this area. And because of that, this mind that would go haywire has now been quickened to so much truth that has changed and transforms people li people's lives because because I stopped trying to do it and I simply acknowledged my weakness not only acknowledged it but I began to rejoice in it and I said you know what I receive your grace in this weakness I re I I can't tell you the the peace and the strength that I felt. So we see Paul, we, we see Peter. Here's a good example. Peter, who rejected the Lord with cursings, the Bible says. Where sin increased, grace superabounds. Where did sin increase in Peter? Peter, out of all the apostles, denied the Lord with cursing and profanity. All of a sudden, where sin increased his mouth, grace, a super abundant amount of grace, not equal, but abundant amount of grace overflowed in that area that on the day of Pentecost, who was preaching? Peter was. That same mouth that cursed and rejected the Lord, grace, where did sin increase? In his mouth. And where did grace superabound? In his mouth. Not only that, but you read the book of Acts. This is a scripture. The Bible says that in Acts 15, that when they were, when they uh, took this issue of if, if it's grace, then it's not works. If it's works, it's not grace. Same thing, man. Acts 15, read about it. It's very interesting. They took it to the council of Jerusalem and they made a, and Peter stood up and said, why do you tempt the brothers to try to keep the law? When we and our forefathers could never keep the law, why are you tempting God by putting this yoke upon them? Read it. That's what the scriptures tell us. And but I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about that today. But Peter said, but listen to this. He said, you know that it was by my mouth, by his what? His mouth. Where did sin increase in Peter's life? In his mouth. Where was, where was grace super abundantly released? In his mouth. Not only on the day of Pentecost, but Peter said that you know that it was by my mouth that God has chosen to preach to the circumcision, to preach this gospel. Where the location where sin increased, grace superabounds. So instead of looking at your weakness, you know, man, I, I, I just can't get over lust. Instead of looking at, instead of trying to, to be holy. And to not think these thoughts. Humble yourself and say, you know what? I receive super abundant grace in this area. Instead of, you know, you know what? I just, I'm just, I just feel so depressed and insecure all the time. Instead of trying to cover it up and trying to exert self-effort to do it, say, you know what, Lord, this is my weakness. 
I'm shy. I'm insecure. I'm depressed. I'm, I, 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 every relationship, it feels like I'm just, whatever it is, it feels like it just breaks down. I'm, the more I try, whatever it is, whether, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your mind, whether it's in your health, whether it's with your marriage, with your relationships, with your job, with your mom, with your dad, wherever sin increases, instead of seeing that as a negative, recognize that that same area is now a candidate for super abundant grace. That's why we see people that have been attacked in their health, they receive grace in that area, and now there's like a healing anointing that they have upon them. True. Where sin increased, grace superabounds. We uh, another, and this is all over the Bible. Solomon was known is known today as what the the wisest and the richest man even to this day. Mm -hmm. If we would like calculate the money the currency levels to today's date. Solomon was the son of who? Of David and his, his mom was ba uh, Bathsheba. Bathsheba. <laughs> but David had up to 20 wives. But just, that's not my point right now. Just listen to what I'm about to say. David had up to 20 wives and porcupines or concubines. <laughs> he had like, like 19 sons alone that we know about in the scriptures or more. But God chose the mom out of all the wives where there were some scandalous things going on, murder, adultery. It was through that marriage, through the birth of David and Bathsheba that the son Solomon came out and became the wisest and richest man even to this day. Where sin increase, grace superabounds. Mary Magdalene, the Bible says she had who had seven devils inside her. Who was the first person that Jesus saw after the resurrection? Mary Magdalene. Jerusalem who delivered up their own Messiah to the hands of sinners. But Jesus gave his life up. No one, no one killed him. But the city, Jerusalem, who rejected their Savior and actually delivered up their Savior, rejected it. Jesus said, if you read the scripture, it says, and preach this, this gospel starting in Jerusalem. The guiltiest city received top priority. Yeah, and then the Samaritan woman. Yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. That was the first person that Jesus said, I am yeah. he. I am. Yes. He didn't reveal himself to it religious was the first people. Time that he um, revealed himself. As the Christ. And not only that, but he had told her everything yeah. basically about her. Not only that, but Jesus was the, what? The seventh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. It's, but I mean, he didn't it, condemn her. He yeah. was so going back to grace he didn't condemn her he didn't say oh what you have what you have six you know five husbands and you're yeah. the one that you're you know sleeping with now is not even your husband and he, he didn't condemn her if anything he told her he revealed her he he came and he demonstrated said, I am the Christ exactly so yeah he didn't even condemn her 
But it wasn't even like, hey, I'm not condemning you. He actually, it was over and above. Exactly. And was the first person that said, I am the Christ. He didn't even tell Nicodemus. He didn't tell any of the religious Pharisees. Mm-hmm. He told a woman mm-hmm. who was on multiple, multiple, multiple relationships, multiple marriages. That where sin increased, grace superabounds. Not just eye for an eye, but even above but it's it's interesting that she went back. N- never did she, you know, before he she encountered him, go back and say and just told everybody like, hey, you know, this is what I did. Like she was so sin conscious that it basically she had to go to the well when nobody was there. And then she encountered Jesus. He told her who he was, and she surrendered. And what did she do? She ran back to the to the village and said, hey. This is the Messiah. This and is the, the first man. First evangelist, yeah. The man that told me everything. He told me everything about me, and she was no longer sin conscious because of the grace of God yeah. and the love of God. She was able to do that, yeah. being Christ conscious. Exactly. So grace superabounded. That's another great example. You look at the Apostle Paul. Who 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 was he before? He was Saul. The Bible says that he was that Saul was breathing out threatenings against the church. The Bible painted Saul before he had an encounter head-on with grace as a dragon. He said that he was on his horse, on his way to deliver Christians up once again. He was breathing out threatenings. You paint, like, like I want you to, to see that picture. Paul, even, he, even Paul said, Listen to this, but he said, and me, who I am the least or the weakest of all the apostles, though I am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God. You see, weakness and then grace comes in and superabounds it. Became the greatest mind, even above Einstein, the greatest mind ever known to this universe outside of Christ, of course, but the greatest mind, revelation, grace superabounded upon a hateful, a hateful, murderous man. Sin increased, but grace superabounded. Rahab the prostitute, and we can go on yeah. and on and on. Jesus Christ, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah, if you know anything about Judah, I'm not going to get into it, but if you know anything about Judah, out of the, tri- the 12 tribes of Israel, Judah mm-hmm. had twins with his daughter-in-law who dressed up as a prostitute. Another novella. Yes. And out of yeah. that lineage came our Savior. Yep. Ruth, who was a Moabite, out of the lineage of Abraham when his daughters got him drunk and slept. I mean, Abraham, sorry. <laughs> Lot. Out of that lineage, the Moabites, where the Bible says no Moabite shall enter into the temple of God to the 10th generation. Ruth was a Moabite. But what could not be possible under law became possible by grace. So all these instances, what am I saying? I'm saying that, hey, it is, it is time for you to change your mind. That's what repentance is. That area, if it's your mind, it's time to give up trust because I, I, you, you can't do it on your own. You can't. You see, peace is a gift 
bought by the blood of Jesus. And when we try to attain it by our own self-effort, we frustrate the grace of God and we come under the wrath. Because it's not that God is pouring out his wrath, is that when we exert self-effort, we put ourselves under the law, and by the law is the knowledge of sin, and the law works wrath. Mm -hmm. We do it to ourselves. But if we would just give up Surrender. And, and say, Lord, when I am weak, then am I strong. Yes. I am strong now in my mind. If it's your body, I just feel like I'm always getting hit, like targeted in my body surrender and say lord this is a weakness that i will rejoice and i receive super abundant grace and in the same exact way then there's so much more instances in the bible that the wicked the most wicked people the most sinful people became the greatest men and women of god moses who murdered somebody with his bare hands talking about an anger problem became the, the, one of the greatest men in the Old Testament, Moses, who saw the face of God. People would be like, well, he's unworthy. He just killed somebody with his bare hands. Shouldn't you go with someone who was raised like in a church home with long skirts and yada, yada, yada? No, that's not the way the grace of God. What am I saying? You see, <laughs> you see that's why Paul got these same accusations that, that, I'm, that I usually get. So what are you saying, bro? That we should go and commit murder? Are you saying that we should go and commit adultery? Are you saying that we should go and smoke weed and drink? No, I'm saying that in, that in your weaknesses, because we're not perfect, we have this flesh. The, the Bible says, I know that in me, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. And if you would humble yourself and realize that there is no good thing in your flesh and say, instead of trying to work out, instead of trying to control these thoughts, instead of trying to not think lustful thoughts, instead of not trying to be depressed instead of not trying to be shy or insecure or whatever or your health or your family or try to control your teenage kids whatever all these areas surrender look to jesus receive super abundant grace and god will transform take the bible says that he confounds the wise by the weak he takes the things that are not to confound the things that are the bible says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 34 that that these men these champions of faith were it says in weaknesses in weaknesses were made strong in their weaknesses where sin increase grace superabounds in weaknesses they were made strong for when i am weak then am i strong so it is time for us to rejoice and every time you feel fear come upon you say you know what? ah there it is again you know what i I'm, i rejoice because i'm just i'm receiving more grace more grace for my mind right. I, I, because of that i can operate by the wisdom of god because of that this mind that was been that has been attacked will now pour out revelation by the grace of god and deliver people into their freedom mm -hmm. i rejoice when i feel fear i rejoice when i feel these bone these but these aches in my body mm -hmm. now because of that i'm gonna i'm gonna have a greater grace in healing and tell people and walk in divine health it's not just an eye for an eye it's not just restoring one for one ten for ten it is restore it, it is super abounding 
if, if, if it was taken away at 10, guess what? You're getting 50 now on top of it. Amen. Uh, God, you see, this is what the grace of God does. It turns a thief to a generous person. It turns someone who was a murderer into an uh, into the world's greatest evangelist. It, it 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 doesn't it doesn't just restore. That's that's not it. It says where 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 sin increases. That's where the grace just pours out fifty times. It is, it is great grace that is released where not in your strength, in your weakness. So begin to realize that whenever you feel any area, even right now, I'm going to lead you through this prayer that whatever area that you that you are, are always feel like you're going around and around, whether it's in your mind, in your health, and you're trying to trying to take care of your kids, your husband, your wife, your your finances, your job, your your insecurity, your shyness. I can't talk in front of people. I feel all these things. It's time to to stop trying to do it on our own and give these anxieties to Jesus. And when you give them to Jesus, you receive super abundant grace. And it's not going to be an eye for an eye. It's going to be super abundant grace. So I want to lead you with that prayer. So right now, I want you to think about what area do you always feel like you're being attacked and for me it's in my mind for me the funny part is when i was a young kid i i think all the way through third grade i had to go to a to a speech class and today i was talking to somebody and i was like starting a little bit and i was like dang but it's the grace of god that uses the weak things yes. that's why i that's why paul said i go i most gladly will rejoice in these weak mm -hmm. things so right now, think about what area, listen, what area, what area do you feel like you're always getting challenged in? Instead of trying to fix it, just say, Lord, this area, and you can tell them, you know, in my mind, in my health, whatever, this area, I can't do anything about. This is my weakness. This is what's called humility. This is my weakness. I give you my weakness, but I rejoice and I receive right now super abundant grace in this area. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, I, I think I want to continue to talk about this in the next episode good. because really there's just so many instances and it's all over the Bible. That was good. I didn't even think about the Samaritan woman. And you know what's so cool? about that um the seventh man i just mentioned it if you catch that the, se the seventh man was jesus yeah. and the seven seven means completion made whole yeah. so she was at that point that time and place was predestined it was created right yeah. there for for for, for her yeah which is amazing that's beautiful you see you, pr you see the perfect picture of our savior I need, I must needs to go through Samaria. He, he, he said, man, it's so good. He seeks out, he seeks. You read all the parables in the, in the Gospels, they're all about grace. The lost, the least, mm -hmm. the last. When the world, even in most religious churches, it is the most attractive, it is the strongest, it is the first. 
Gotta be first. But the Bible says the least, the least, the lost, the last, the weak yeah. is where grace superabounds. Look at Gideon. Gideon was the weakest in his in his family. And the angel of the Lord said, Oh, you mighty man of valor. He said, uh, what? Weak things in your weakness is, is, is where God's grace flows. So I want you to start to think this way. Rejoice in that weakness and begin to see that weakness as a funnel for not an eye for an eye, not equal for an equal, mm -hmm. not like a bandage, no. But instead, that weakness is actually going to be your strongest strength, not by your own strength, but by God's grace yeah. when you simply surrender it to him. Amen? Amen. Well, I love you guys. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. It's a hot one out here in Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, stay tuned. Uh, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, yes. quick plug, sign up because we got some crusade updates, some healing school yeah. updates that we're about to do. Yep. So get plugged in and share this with someone. Love you guys. Love you guys. Later. Hey guys, we want to thank you for tuning in. We pray that this quickened your heart. If you'd like to give a one-time or become a monthly partner, visit our website and hit that Give Now button up at the top. We thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything God has already given you. By grace, through faith.